Welcome to episode number 365 of Treks in Sci-Fi. It's the year in review. We're going to take a look back at 2011 and all the cool stuff that was covered on the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. I'm Rick Moyer, filling in for Rico Dosti, and we have all sorts of great things to talk about. Lots of great music to share and a look back at the year 2011. So, sit back. Set your phasers on stun and enter in the coordinates for Warp Factor 4. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of freaky goodness. With Rico Dosti, not special guests. So. 2011 was an amazing year for Treks and Sci-Fi. One of the things that um, I love the most about this program is that Rico Dosti, the gentleman that founded this whole thing and the forums and everything else at treksandsci-fi.com, um, is really a, a very secure guy and he loves science fiction. And so he opens it up, the podcast, to many different ideas and people that would love to talk about their their love of Star Trek and other geeky things. And so it makes the podcast very well-rounded and a lot of fun to listen to. And that was no exception in, in the year of 2011. So many different topics were covered. Starting out the year, I did a year in review of 2010 and had a great time doing that. But, of course, the first actual full episode of Treks and Sci-Fi to boost it off into the new year was a classic episode of the original series called Return to Tomorrow. Remember this one and the, and the parody song that I did with it? The reading's growing stronger, Captain. Coming from a star system directly ahead. Not a signal, sir. It does not seem to even exist, and yet it's affecting all my channels.
ultimate crisis, which you have yet to face. I don't understand. One day our minds became so powerful, we dared think of ourselves as gods. Switching minds with Sargon. Ah, yeah, that's a lot of fun. You know, it's always fun to look at what Rico's going to be covering or what a special guest might be covering and then do a parody song that goes right along with it. Really, uh, I think it enhances the podcast. And I don't know about you, but I like tapping my feet and singing Star Trek lyrics. I don't know. There's something about it. Uh, So that was the first one that Rico started in the year with, with Return to Tomorrow. Then he uh, started doing a couple of really cool podcasts um, throughout the year. This particular one on the 16th of January, uh, 2011, was the year of 1983. And uh, Rico covered all sorts of really cool things about that year. All the sci-fi and cool movies and television that was out in the year 1983. And that was quite a blast to hear from all the different people that... uh, sent in comments for that then of course uh it wouldn't be complete without some uh some wonderful tng and uh, rico covered one of our favorite episodes ever of the next generation a fistful of datas where of course uh data uh, gets um uh, reprogrammed or whatever happens, his 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 matrix does something to the holodeck, and of course, Worf and his son are in the ancient West with Counselor Durango or Troy, and that was quite fun. We got to hear some really cool things about that. Will not be able to come this evening. I have a prisoner. I'll keep an eye on him for you, Sheriff. You two go have a good time. That's very considerate of you, but I would be negligent in my duties if I did not stay. I am. Sorry, Miss Annie. It's another woman, ain't it? It's that floozy down there at Miss Langford's house of pleasure. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Worf. Such a smoothie with the ladies. He sure got away with women, Sheriff. Captain, we'd like your permission to take the engineering computer offline for a couple of hours. We're working on a new interface that would allow data to act as an emergency backup in the event of a ship-wide system's failure. In theory, my neural network should be able to sustain key systems until primary control is restored. When data was linked up by Jordy, they were looking for a backup live. He would be used neural network views, a fancy space hard drive. When Worf barges into the captain's room and tries to make it work a lot, 
And the captain puts down his flute and says, Wharf, let me tell you what. It's time for a vacation, and I know you need one too. So stop your work, quit being a jerk. Boy, don't make me order you. Now you work hard like a warrior boy, but you live with someone else too. I bet a fellow not old against your code wants to spend some time with you. The boy said, I got it all planned out with Barkley, it might be a wreck. Let's see who we arrest in the ancient west on the Enterprise holodeck. Data link your neural net and Jordy tell the card. The system has been overloaded, Data's name bizarre. And if we turn the holodeck off before the story's done, but then we lose the father and the son. Eli knew what he's gonna do, said, better let me go. He smirked at them in his jail cell and said with an evil hiss, my paw be joined by a band of thugs and then all sounds something like this. <laughs> You're a very funny man, Senor Eli. Got him, Jeffy. Where's my boy? supposed to be kidnapped now. Computer, please program. You want us to kill him, Senor Frank? No. He's more valuable to us. In the local saloon, Senor Frankie said, Sheriff, give me back my son. Worf says no, but where's the deputy go? The kidnap has been done. Follow the core of the main machine. Trouble in the holiday subroutine. Data showing up as the characters do. Can't fix the program, what do we do? Data? What? Why is the computer creating characters that look like Data? Where have they taken my son? Where is he? Emperor Kemper, Sheriff. My paw ain't gonna like it if I come home all bruised. Wolf, wait! Counselor Durango helped Sheriff Wharf make a little trade. Meeting in the street, it was really neat, and he wasn't even afraid. Turning on his shield, he saves the day. Says, never come back, now get. Miss Annie hugs Wharf, and the Enterprise flies off into the sunset. Come to the core of the main machine. Trouble in the holiday subroutine. It's showing up as the characters do. Can't fix the program, what do we do? We have to remember, even though the holodeck safeguards may be off, this is still a program. If we can just get to the end of this story the way it was designed to play out, the program will automatically terminate. You're right. Vamoose, you little varmint. Then, of course, Rico handed the, the podcast over to Jedi Jeff and myself. For a little classic Galactica 1980 information. Hello, this is Jeff, Jedi Jeff on the Treks and Sci Fi forums. And this is Rick Moyer777 from the forums. And we are here today to talk about Galactica 1980. What a cool and fun series from way back when. Exactly. Actually, Rick, 
It was almost 31 years to the day that it premiered. January 27th, it did, in 1980. Oh my gosh, that means we're really old, Jeff. Yeah, we are old. <laughs> I remember waiting for this to come out because I loved, absolutely loved, Battlestar Galactica. And when they said they were going to have another series with our beloved characters, I was pumped as a kid. So that was a lot of fun doing that with Jedi Jeff. I remember us recording together and having so much more extra foot or footage, extra audio stuff that we had to edit it down to make it fit into the time frame that we had because we just had a blast talking about Galactic in 1980. I know a lot of people don't like that particular uh, series, but it was cheesy and it was fun and I like cheesy stuff. Well, then we went on to the episode of Voyager and Rico covered the Voyager episode timeless greatest coolest images that ever happened on voyager and trek in general was they they come across this icy expanse and they kind of like rub the ground they're on this um kind of glacier area and underneath through the clear ice they see you can see the 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 top hull the top primary hull of the voyager with its you know insignia and the name and the you know ncc whatever number it is seven something right <laughs> i only know 1701 sorry but anyway they it's very cool they don't explain really what's going on you see voyager trapped and frozen in this in this block of ice in this major glacier on this nasty little planet and that's the way this episode starts out and then you go kind of into the teaser thing and we're like well what the heck is going on and and you think well it's going to be one of those episodes where then they'll, they'll say like come back and say t- you know a week earlier and this is how they got in that predicament or you don't even really know what's going on May I introduce the next generation of instellar propulsion, the quantum slipstream drive. You're encased in ice. You're stuck in the ice from up above. Kimmy gave some bad advice, and someday he'll pay the price I know. The glitch in the drive, a dangerous stunt. Harry's idea with the shuttle in front. Buried in time, Harry wants it right. Recruited Jacody to join in his fight. I've got an idea. It's tricky, but I think it could work. What we need is someone in a shuttle to ride the rapids in front of the Voyager. Yes. Voyager's encased in ice The doctor, he helps with their plan Can you seven or nine Cranial implant time, you know The temporal transmitter take us back in time Make things right, leave the past behind Rescue the crew so they won't do the fly Too bad that those guys both have to die Borg transmitter's online, but I'm still waiting for the doctor to give me the temporal coordinates. Just a few more minutes. Speed it up. We've got a Galaxy-class starship on our tail. I'm working as fast as I can. You know that they are.
Starship Challenger. You seem to be in quite a hurry. You could say that. Why don't you shut down those impulse engines, drop your shields? Let's talk about this face to face. Mind if I take a rain check? As a matter of fact, I do. We know what you're about to attempt, and we can't let that happen. So the Federation Council is willing to make you an offer. February 13th, he did it. He covered the third in the Indiana Jones movies, The Last Crusade. And what an awesome podcast it was. What's this one? The Ark of the Covenant. Are you sure? Are you sure? Of course, Rico is always awesome at covering different types of movies and uh, in the fantasy and science fiction genre. And uh, this was such a great episode. So uh, everybody enjoyed that Last Crusade podcast. Now, this was also a significant time in the year 2011 because Rico got a job close to his hometown and was able to move back home to be with his wife and his family. And that was quite a significant time in his life. And then he covered a very emotional program for most of us that love Star Trek, the Deep Space Nine episode of Tears of the Prophets, where Dax passes away. Well, not Dax, Jexia does. And uh, he covered that one on February 20th. Emissary! My mother says all the orbs are dark, that the prophets have abandoned us. You have to find them, Emissary. You have to ask them to come back. Yeah, they, uh, you know, had a victory out there against Cardassia, but other problems, of course, happened in place and back on Deep Space Nine. Now Julian comes out, doesn't look very happy. I managed to save the Dax symbiote. We have to get it to trail as soon as possible. Nothing I could do for Jazzy. 
then Rico did something that all amazed us all, really, and that was he unleashed meds on us with the classic, the classic cult film, The Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. With your hands on your hips. on in the movie or in the show can make some people uncomfortable but if you find the right group of people to go with i think that the experience of rocky horror is definitely worth it just don't tell anybody it's your first time 
And I think that's it for me. Have a great show, Mads. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. I have to agree that the film is awesome. And if you can see the film or the play at a local theatre, please do, because the audience participation is absolutely so much fun. Um, I, when I was at school, attempted to put the stage play on at school. And um, <laughs> yes, I know, I'm sure you're all shaking your heads now. Uh, I got about as far as, as casting and writing the stage version for our school. Um, that was when our headmaster, well, principal, uh, saw the script and deemed it not suitable for school. You know what? I, I think I can see his point. Um, Space, the final frontier. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Rico covered probably the hardest episode ever in the Next Generation, and that was the end of the Next Generation series. Of course, they went on to do movies, but uh, All Good Things Part 1 and 2 was covered by Rico on March 6th, 2011. Of course, I wrote that song, uh, Make It So, uh, in honor of that. But uh, great episode and a lot of fun to hear everybody's comments on what they thought about All Good Things. You know, it's okay. I'm okay. You know, it's not a big gripe or a big problem by any means, but it just, there's something about it that, that, um, doesn't quite completely add up for me. Maybe I'm missing something. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I look at it the way I, I guess I took away from the episode. I think when I, even when I first saw it was, it was just another little big game and a little game that Q and, and everything was trying to, um, play on them. And he says, you know, it's more, you know, going out in space and investigating things is more than just mapping out nebulas and, and charting star systems. There's, you have to think beyond that and, and use your mind. And, and I guess maybe that was their point uh, to, you know, to do in this episode. But a lot of that doesn't really matter that much when it comes down to it, because the, the thing about this episode that makes it so uh, great and fun to watch is being, being able to see the past, the present and the future of, of these characters you know the crew of the Enterprise in the TNG era that we've all grown to care about so much at the you know over seven seasons of the show, and you get to see them you know how they might turn out in the future, you know possibly Picard's there, you know just tying grapevines up and and Geordi's off and you know got a family and kids and Data's a professor and Beverly's off commanding a, a medical ship and, and, and you know Worf is is now a, a, a top guy in the Klingon Empire Klingon Chancellor or whatever he's supposed to be Riker's this grumpy old guy <laughs> you know 
it, it, it's it's fun to see and you get to see also the past you get to see them in the early days, you get to see Tasha again. You get to see Miles O'Brien back in those days. And it's just it's just a fun episode for all of that. The way they kind of put it all together, you know, the, the techno babble and stuff behind it. I'm pretty okay with that. I, I, I can live with that with Q because Q can basically do anything. So that's one of the easiest explanations for it. So We would make it so, make it so. Then on March 13th, Rico opened up the microphones and uh, we did a Skype call along with Kenny, my wife and I, Joe, Rick Pete, uh, Paul. Uh, we were all there and we talked about the iPad 2, Clone Wars, V, the, the uh, ABC show V, Fringe, and more. It was just a great time. And of course, we always like the Skype chats. Then jumping to the 20th of March... February, yeah, January, February, March. Yes, <laughs> I'm just thinking of my months here. Uh, we jumped into a great classic episode of the original series called All Our Yesterday. And so they're both through. Atos pushes another disc onto the... Uh, pushes McCoy and Spock out of the way and jumps through to get himself out of the, the present. He had his escape planned. I'm glad he made it. Kirk Enterprise. Captain's log, star date 5943.7. We have calculated that Beta Niobe will go Nova in approximately three and a half hours. Its only satellite, Sarpedon, is a Class M planet which at last report was inhabited by a civilized humanoid species. Now, our instruments show that no intelligent life remains on the planet. Power source we detected is in this building, Captain. Any sign of survivors? No signs of sapient life forms. How can a whole planet full of people just disappear? If they knew that the sun was dying, it could be anything up to mass suicide. What's denied that they had any space flight capability? Falls for you, so please. 
on through. Oh, jump on through. Fascinating machine. What is it? Ah, this is the Atavacron. It's the nomenclature. And how does it work? May I? Oh, no, for no. I must ask you not to touch the controlling mechanism. Return and make your selection. When you have chosen, I will prepare you through the Atavacron. Jump, jump on through. McCoy, he saves you. Back to so please jump on through. Whoa, jump on through. Yeah, jump on through. Whoa, jump on through. Jump on through. It's Rico decided to go ahead and do another one of those highlights of a year and pick the year 1999. And so we got to hear all sorts of really cool things that happened in the year 1999 and comments from a lot of listeners as well. Hey, Rico, it's Kenny from California. I'm also the co-host of Knights of the Guild podcast and the MASH 4077 podcast. Just wanted to send in some quick comments about the year 1999. Well, I was 29 years old, so I remember this uh, year fondly. And uh, let's start with some movies. There were quite a few genre movies that came out uh, that I really enjoyed. Uh, The Sixth Sense, Toy Story 2, which I'm a huge Toy Story fan, and this is probably my favorite of the trilogy, um, even though they're all really, really great. The Mummy. This was the first Mummy movie and uh, with uh, Brandon Fraser. And it was really good. It had some really cool special effects. Really enjoyed that. And then we had The Matrix, which, of course... Technology-wise, was just incredible. You know, I just remember watching commercials and just being blown away. And then watching the first few minutes and when Trinity does that pose where she, you know, she arches up and the camera zooms around her. I mean, that was the first time it was ever done. Now it's done, like, you know, in TV series. But back then, this was the first time it ever happened. And I just remember my jaw dropped in the theaters. And this movie was incredible. On April 3rd, 2011, Rico handed the reins of Trex and Sci-Fi over to Al Kessel, otherwise known as Quadshot, on the Trex and Sci-Fi forums. Greetings, programs. My name's Al Kessel. I am Quadshot from the forums. And Rico has graciously allowed me to sit in the captain's chair once more while he's off enjoying some well-deserved downtime. Now, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I actually host a uh, few podcasts with my lovely wife, Joyce. Uh, We host the Disneyland podcast, Tales from the Mouse House. We also host a weekly podcast dedicated to the Emmy Award-winning CBS reality show, The Amazing Race, and we call that one The Fast Forward. And uh, we started a new one uh, just recently called Just Because. It's a podcast dedicated to, (laughs) well, anything we feel like. And... um, I'm also co-hosting an awesome podcast with my buddies Kenny, a geeky fanboy from the forums, and Meds, who is Hawkeye Meds from the forums, and that podcast is called the MASH 4077 Podcast, which uh, I'm sure you can guess is a fan cast dedicated to the uh, TV show MASH. Yep, that's a lot of podcasting, but uh, I'm officially addicted. So that brings me to the topic of this episode. I'm going to cover the 1994 sci-fi movie Time Cop, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme in uh, probably his best role ever. 
Sorry to rain on all of you who loved him in Street Fighter. <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ron Silver. You get him! Mia Sara. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. Lack of lines disturbing. Heads will roll. That was a special intro that I did um, for a contest that Rico had where he had us uh, just intro the, the podcast. And we were supposed to do something fun. And so that was my entry. <laughs> a little crazy, I tell you. But uh, Rico went on then, of course, to episode number 326 to do an Enterprise episode, the first Enterprise episode of 2011. Um, the other uh, shows got their their time in the spotlight, and now Enterprise did too, with the episode Vanishing Point. So it was an excellently covered episode, one of those where he played the actual episode and then commented along with it. Then on April 17, 2011, Rico did the podcast on cheesy sci-fi, TV shows and movies that were cheesy. Here's my song, Cheesy Sci-Fi.
On April 24th, 2011, we took a trip into the world of Voyager when Rico covered the episode called Collective. You may transport one individual. Well, I'm thinking it's going to be uh, our our Borg girl here, Seven of Nine. How about if we send her over? Is that okay with you guys? <laughs> Maybe she can adapt your technology to a Voyager. So this has got to be a little bit disconcerting for uh, Seven to be back aboard aboard Cube at this point in time. You know, she's she's really been integrated with Voyager's crew and team, and and you know, it, it, there are still parts of her I think that like the efficiency of the Borg, and always always Jumping into May, Rico took us on a little journey, talking on a Skype call about summer films, what we were expecting to go see. 
what were our expectations of what was going to be coming out. It was quite fun and a great listen. That was episode number 329. Uh, the next week, then, he covered another DS9 episode called Things Past, which was a great one. And then on the 15th, a wonderful, exciting uh, uh, report from Motor City Comic Con and a little review of Smallville's season or series finale, which, of course, we all know Rico loves Smallville. I do, too. Um, but he, he covered the series finale, and that was quite a fun one as well. Then jumping into towards the end of May, way back to the first season of, of The Next Generation, Rico covered the episode, We'll Always Have Paris. This is Captain, this is the captain of the USS Enterprise, responding to your call for help. Enterprise, thank you for your Where are you? Fencing with his partner, things they go awry. When time it turns on backwards from some crazy scientist guy. A distress call in the distance. This is podcast 333 for Treks in Sci-Fi on May the 29th, 2011. Welcome to the Tron Cast. Okay, hello everyone. This is Rico, and today I'm doing a joint podcast, a joint Treks in Sci-Fi with my friend from the forums, Jedi Jeff from Canada. Say hello, Jeff. Greetings, programs. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Jeff greetings here. programs, yes. or should we say greetings users? I greetings guess. users, I guess. Yeah, but I'll throw greetings programs because that's what Flynn says in the in the movie. So it'll be in character, I guess. That's true. Captain gave us an order. We've got to find some clue. It's no use, Mister Sulu. Look, there's one of them. There's another one. Scouty party to Enterprise. Come in. 
On June 5th, 2011, Rico treated us to a classic Treks and Sci-Fi episode of the original series, The Return of the Archons. See the brown robes really thick. See the hollow big long sticks. And they serve Drew. Sulu underneath his charm, the population he does harm, and they serve Drew. It's all about Landrew. It's all about Landrew. The red hour comes and then they all lose control for festival and they serve Landrew. It's all about Landrew. It's all about Landrew. They can't live. On June 12, 2011, Rico pulled out all the stops and went with the classic movie Blade Runner, starring Harrison Ford. He uh, called or had a bunch of people send in comments, talked all about this particular film and all the different things that went along with it. It was a fascinating episode. Every one of us loved the episode of Blade Runner. Early in the 21st century, the Tyrell Corporation advanced robot evolution into the Nexus phase, a being virtually identical to a human, known as a replicant. The Nexus 6 replicants were superior in strength and agility, and at least equal in intelligence to the genetic engineers who created them. Replicants were used off-world as slave labor and the hazardous exploration and colonization of other planets. After a bloody mutiny by a Nexus 6 combat team in an off-world colony, replicants were declared illegal on Earth under penalty of death. Special police squads, Blade Runner units, had orders to shoot to kill upon detection any trespassing replicants that they could find. This was not called execution. It was called retirement. Los Angeles, November 2019. And that's the way the movie Blade Runner starts out with that opening uh, text scrawl or crawl across the screen. And you learn uh, what's going on in this strange, rainy, uh, futuristic world of Los Angeles in, in the, uh, you know, far long, a far flung future of 2019, you know, about eight years, seven and a half years from now. The movie Blade Runner, uh, of course, is based on a Philip K. Dick novel called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I'm Deckard, Blade Runner. He say you Blade Runner. Have you ever retired a human by mistake? Indulge me. Fiery the angels 
are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. If they're a benefit, it's not my problem. What's your problem?
Hello and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi Doctor Who Series 6A Special. My name is Simon Meddings and as usual when we do these Doctor Who specials I am joined by the finest companions anyone could ask for, Kenny and Casey. Guys, welcome back to the Doctor Who Treks in Sci-Fi Special. Yay, welcome, yay. Hello everyone. Ah, right, excellent. And of course we always like listening to the Doctor Who podcasts with our resident experts are on the forum and just it's wonderful to hear from them moving on rico then did a great episode of treks in sci-fi this time covering the enterprise episode azadi prime then jumping into a classic science fiction series that many people enjoy rico decided to cover the series sliders what if you could travel to parallel worlds the same year, the same Earth, only different dimensions. A world where the Russians rule America. Or where your dreams of being a superstar came true. Or where San Francisco was a maximum security prison. My friends and I found the gateway. Now the problem is finding a way back home. Now, uh, as we go through the uh, pilot episode, uh, it does a good job of introducing all the various characters. You meet Quinn, you meet his mother. Uh, they have a nice relationship. He's always kind of more interested in tinkering down in his basement than than going to class. And uh, we also get to meet, of course, uh, Professor Arturo uh, teaching Quinn in a scene in the um, in the pilot episode. Uh, and I, I've got a clip for that that I'll play for you in a few minutes, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, John Rhys-Davies as Professor Arturo. I, I just think it was a great uh, bit of casting here to have this very uh, you know, prim and proper kind of Englishman playing uh, a college professor for this sort of a bit of a rebel, kind of a crazy you know, teenager slash young adult or whatever. Not really. I guess he's... I guess you'd probably say he's about 20 years old in this in this episode, in the pilot. At this point, he's in college, and I don't think he's just out of high school. So, the uh, But the two of them, again, get, get along pretty well. And uh, after he was done with the Sliders podcast, then he jumped into a Voyager episode on the 10th of July uh, called D- The Disease, which was pretty cool. And also talked a lot about his new iPad, and had some cool geeky talk about that. Then, um, of course, during the summer, usually Rico does this, and on the 17th, he had another Skype call called the Summer Skype. And um, it was myself, my wife, Kenny, Meds, Dan, and I don't think anybody else joined us, and then Rico, of course. And we talked about the cool summer movies that we had seen so far and what we thought about them. And it was quite fun. So that was kind of cool. Then towards the end of July, we jumped into a Deep Space Nine episode called If Wishes Were Horses. And he had some Trek SF news and all that jazz, listener comments, and it was quite fun. I know this neighborhood. I got beat up in that alley. Do you have something against running away? Start running, they'll never let you stop. Our goal is to create a new breed of super soldier. Are you ready? 
it too late to go to the bathroom? How do you feel? Taller. Mr. Stark? I had some ideas about the uniform. Your enemy thinks he's a god and he's willing to blow up half the world. I'm going after him. What made to you so special? Nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. Captain America. What do you think? I think it works. PG-13, July so the DS9 episode of If Wishes Were Horses that was um, reviewed on Podcast 341 was also the podcast that Rico reviewed the movie Captain America. So you might want to head back there if you haven't heard that and take a listen to what his thoughts on the movie was. Cyberspace. The Final Frontier. These are the chronicles of the Trexan Sci-Fi Podcast. Its continuing mission, to connect with science fiction fans and provide for them a vibrant community. To boldly share as no one has shared before. Welcome to Trexan Sci-Fi Podcast number 342 for July 31st, 2011. My name is Phil Donaldson, Darmok in the Forum, and we have a very special program for you today. No, it's not Sci-Fi Jam, and it's not Blacks in Sci-Fi. Today, I'm extremely excited to cover a topic that seeks to honor and give back to someone who's given so much to so many of us. So I've assembled some of my Treks in Sci-Fi friends to help celebrate Rico Appreciation Day. I wanted this episode to go beyond the anniversary kudos and give members of the community an opportunity to share about the impact that Rico has had upon their lives. So now I'm going to get out of the way and let my friends share from the heart. Happy Rico Appreciation Day! Phil did an awesome, awesome job on that particular episode of Trex and Sci-Fi. If you hadn't got a chance to listen, you can hear all of our uh, kudos towards Rico and we do appreciate you, Rico. Then it was on to the 7th of August. There it is. Do a Tritanium. And the TOS episode, times, Obsession. 21.4 times. Gotti, you can mark this vein as confirmed. The USS Yorktown is expecting a rendezvous with us in less than seven hours. It was also an awesome time to listen to the Comic-Con report from Kenny from California and all sorts of other great things, all in his power-packed treks and sci-fi. Gentlemen, we are remaining in orbit until I find out more about those deaths on my responsibility. I'm perfectly aware that it might cost lives on the fate of Seven Kirkham. A survey on August 5 The planet rich in tritanium A substance harder than diamonds The captain smells the sweetness And orders the ensigns around He says fire on the cloud red shirts But then he finds them on the ground 
disguise Smoke of the planet Well, I wouldn't depend too much on what he says in that half-time state. He couldn't be dreaming of saying what he thought he wanted. It's a big white cloud Oh, what's with the captain? I've never seen him like that before. It sucked out the core fossils Left the entrance dead set for his own The captain says it's familiar That the doctor stirs records of the Farragut The wizard dies and Carol Vick His best buddy wants revenge So they all beat him down again to search And the cloud attacks them Big white cloud. Now Kirk is getting obsessed with killing of this blip. But in the end they trust old Kirk They blow it up with anti-matter It's the only thing that works Smoke on the planet A monster in the sky Smoke on the planet You think I understand something? You're in communication with the creature, Captain. I don't know what it is, Mr. Big white cloud. You remember, I said the thing was alive. Kirk, you done good. As long as it works, Jim. That's a fair statement, Colt. Now the creature is dead, let's save some lives and deliver your medicine. Bridge, this is Kirk. Well, where are you? Have Mr. Chekhov laying a course for rendezvous with the Yorktown. Maximum walk. Aye, sir. Rico then took us on a journey to the Forbidden Planet. That's right, he discussed the classic science fiction film Forbidden Planet on episode number 344 of the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. It follows the, this, uh, the crew of uh, this ship called, it's um, a space cruiser, a C-57-D. Uh, it's a very cool uh, model. And, and the, the cool thing about the, the ship that the, the people from Earth, uh, this, uh, this group of uh, explorers travels in, is it looks like a flying saucer. Funny to see two moons in the sky, isn't it? Funny how quick a guy gets used to it. Yeah. 
Joe. What? Do you hear something? Like what? Like a sort of big breathing. No. It's funny. I did. Then another kind of first time in the Trexan sci-fi universe, we actually opened up the program, or Rico did, um, with Skype and had us review an entire episode together. Now, we had done that before kind of with the Spock's brain, but we made fun of it. In this particular cast, it was Joe from Canada. Uh, Tim was with us. Uh, I was there. Marco was there. Ramon, uh, Ramon was there. Uh, Brian was there. I'm not. I think Rick Pete did a a, a a report from Wizard World in Chicago, but for the most part, we sat and we talked about the episode while we watched it on Netflix together. So that was kind of cool and a unique experience on episode number three forty five of the TNG episode Timescape. Then Rico took on the next week the epic movie from the 1980s, The Last Starfighter. Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Zor and the Kodan Armada. Get ready. Prepare for blast mode. In a dusty trailer park, I'm waiting. My destiny to be served I put another quarter in the stand-up arcade machine I'll defend the universe in the Ryland Star League Galactic greetings, young starfighter Get ready, prepare for 
Then the beginning of September marked the six-year anniversary of the Trex and Sci-Fi podcast. And a bunch of us got together for a live sixth anniversary show, which turned out amazing. You got to go check it out if you haven't listened to it before. It's episode number 347. In Michigan and on iTunes, there lives a man who loves Star Trek. And he tells us of Starfleet and which episodes we need to check. For six years, we've had some fun, week after week, and all for free. We get to listen and join in with our geeky family. We all listen to Rico Adossi, to Rico Adossi, to Rico Adossi. We all to Rico and our friends, they listen to many more of them are on the boards, and the iPod starts to play. Hello everyone, this is Rico, and listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. We all listen to Rico Adossi, to Rico Adossi, to Rico Adossi. We all listen to Rico Adossi, to Rico Adossi, to Rico Adossi. Engage. Full speed ahead, Mr. Darcy. Full speed ahead. Captain, most curious development on Scanner 5-7. Aye, aye, Captain. I protest. I am not a merry man. So I'll take a look at it. As we celebrate six years, six years. every one of us one is of thrilled, us. Indeed. thrilled indeed. Sci-fi for you. Sci-fi for you. Sci-fi for me. Sci-fi for me. With our fellow, With our fellow. Rick Dusty. <laughs> we all listen to to Rico A. Dusty, we all listen to Rico A. Dusty, to Rico A. Dusty, to Rico A. Dusty, we all listen to Rico A. Dusty, to Rico A. Dusty, to Rico A. Dusty, we all listen to Rico A. Dusty, to Rico A. Dusty. To Rico A. Dusty, we all listen to Rico A. Dusty. To Rico A. Dusty, to Rico A. Dusty. This has been Treks and Sci Fi. And uh, just take care of yourselves. Uh, I will talk to you again next weekend. Bye bye. get into to some fall TV, some cool sci-fi and fantasy TV shows. And the first one I'm going to talk about, let's start right with the the, the kind of 
really only true kind of hard sci-fi. I don't even call it hard sci-fi, but sci-fi sort of based show, I think, new show that's coming out this uh, fall, uh, what I would call sci-fi, and that is Terra Nova. This is the uh, the one about uh, the group of the people kind of escaping the, uh, the future that uh, has become very resource depleted and not a great place to live. And they have decided to go to the past and live with the dinosaurs. So <laughs> that was a little excerpt from the great podcast that Rico did on fall TV programs. Talked all about that and the Star Wars Blu-rays and a bunch of different things on that particular episode. You don't want to miss that one. It's episode number 349. Well, then Rico was so uh, gracious and handed the show over to my wife and I, my wife Amy and I, and we did a a review of the episode of TNG called Shades of Grey. Of course, it's the, uh, well, you heard all of it. If you listen to it, you know what we thought about it. But it's definitely the only clip show that exists in Star Trek, the Star Trek universe. And uh, we were the ones that covered it and got to talk a little bit about it. If I could watch any show on the telly And it'd be all warm inside it would satisfy you, never slide by you, cause in Picard I would... That when they went into this episode, the producer said, can we uh, save some money on this one so do a ship in a bottle type of thing? Mm-hmm. And generally they spent about a million dollars an episode, correct? Well, yeah, well back then, yes. But they also had a writer's strike going on in 1988 when this was done. And this is one of the reasons that they did this particular episode this way. I said, I know it's an awful episode, but I like it. I said, I know it's an awful episode, but I like it. Star Trek, yes I do, oh well I like it. It's Star Trek. Well now, Rico takes us in another avenue into the monster movies by reviewing and talking about the original Godzilla. They decided to change that, uh, and uh, they eventually uh, decided him to be, you know, this dinosaur-like monster. But even with that change, they decided to keep that original, original name that they came up with. Now, the suit uh, was uh, the first one they designed since they'd never really done this before. Was about 200 pounds. It was uh, just a massive suit, heavy, and it was really difficult for the guy that performed in the suit, uh, Haru, Haru. Nakajima, I think is his name, is how you say it. <laughs> H-A-R-U-O, and then Nakajima. I can say that one, I think. He had a real hard time moving around in this suit. So you see Godzilla is kind of this lumbering creature throughout this movie. But hes uh, they use certain other little techniques at different times. They have some cables and things like that on the back of the costume. Uh, there was a couple for the eyes and one for the mouth to help with that. Batteries actually also were later used for other things and to help it even you know do other little moment movements and things this was more for later some of the later Godzilla movies Purpose 
cavalcade of electrifying horror. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Incredible Titan of Terror. Wiping out a city of six million in a holocaust of flame. Just There you go. That's a little cover tune from the Blue Oyster Cult um, song, Godzilla. Kind of had to redo it and make it a little more sci-fi, you know? Yeah. Hey, by the way, all the music that I'm playing on the podcast today uh, has been played on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast, and you can get it for free over at Star Trek Parodies. Dot com. That's my website, and you can get it for free there. Um, all the different uh, science fiction tunes and a bunch of different stuff. Plus, I have some music on iTunes that you can buy if you want. I've got a couple, three albums out and uh, some other cool things that you can check out if you'd like to. But uh, you can get all of the stuff that you've heard on today's podcast for free. Put it on your iPod or whatever your player is or your computer and just jam away and have a geeky good time. Okay, so that was on October 2nd that Rico covered the Godzilla movie. Then he did another Voyager episode called Living Witness on the 9th of October, followed up by on the 16th doing another Doctor Who broadcast, this time with Meds, Kenny, and himself as they talked all about Doctor Who and the season uh, that is was currently on at that time. Very fun. Then, of course, jumping in October again to the 23rd, he covered the sixth season episode of DS9, Wrongs Darker Than the Death of Night. Then towards the end of October, of course, it was Halloween, and so Rico did a little thing, and he had uh, people from the forum and from the podcast, people that listen to his podcast, send in a scary story, them reading a scary story. Me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore quoth the raven nevermore much i marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly though its answer little meaning little relevancy bore for we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door with such name as nevermore. But the raven sitting lonely on that placid bus spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word did outpour. Nothing further than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have gone before. On the morrow he will leave me as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. Little John Delancey 
on the uh, Trex and Sci-Fi Scary Story Edition number 355. You think you know when first contact really was? Well, think again. It was back in 1957 in a small town in Pennsylvania called Carbon Creek. Four Vulcans crash-landed after watching Sputnik Punch. We're going down to Carbon Creek. Let's see who we can meet. Going down to Carbon Creek. Let's see who we can meet. A very cool episode of Enterprise, I forgot to say, was covered in September on episode number 348, right after the sixth anniversary, um, Rico went ahead and reviewed Carbon Creek, which is a great episode where we get to hear a story from T'Pol, and uh, we go back to the mining town, and it's quite a neat episode, and he reviewed that, and I did the special song for it called uh, Going Down to Carbon Creek. baseball with my Then in November, Rico started out by doing a TOS episode, That Which Survives. That was episode number 356. Then he handed the reins over to our good buddy Vartok, who is really one of the coolest and creative people that we know. And he did an entire episode of Treks and Sci-Fi. Hello everyone, this is Bartok again, as your guest host for Treks and Sci-Fi episode number 357 on November 13, 2011. For today's guest podcast, I'm going to talk about one of the most accomplished composers and music producers alive and producing today, Hans Florian Zimmer. And boy, what an awesome podcast that was with Bartok. Well, then our buddy Rico did another episode, this time of the Enterprise episode, The Seventh. You know, one of the things I think that's important in this one is, well, there's a few things. One is there's a, a much greater bond of trust and respect, I think, between T'Pol and Archer here. And that just continues throughout the series. I, I like the relationship that the two of them have. On November 27th, 2011, Rico covered the series Roswell. Again, the, the, the first season, the, even though it had pretty favorable reviews, 
uh, the, there was a ratings decline, and, and instead of a lot of these sort of relationship-type episodes that they did, uh, they wanted to do more science fiction-type storylines, multi-episode arcs and things, and they started to um, to do that more in the second season. And there was, you know, the Tabasco sauce uh, campaign. I told you about that already. They were sent in. We also had Ronald D. Moore, our TNG and Battlestar Galactica buddy, was brought in uh, around that period of time in the second season to act uh, act as an executive producer and showrunner to try to develop some of these sci-fi elements. Diversifying once again, Rico had author Michael A. Martin on to talk about his latest Star Trek Enterprise novel, To Brave the Storm. The following week, he covered the TNG episode, The First Duty. This is the one where Wesley gets in uh, a bad situation when one of his fellow uh, classmates is killed while they were preparing for um, a maneuver that they weren't supposed to be doing at Starfleet Command. Or Starfleet Academy, sorry. And, of course, we get to see Tom Paris for the very first time, who is Nick Locarno in this particular episode of The Next Generation. On December 18th, 2011, Rico covered the classic 80s movie, Legend. But again, a lot of this movie is something you need to see. Uh, it was, uh, uh, again, done on uh, sound stages, basically, which is surprising because a lot of this movie looks doesn't look like that to me, at least. It looks beautiful, but they did basically this movie was done. I think they may have filmed a couple little moments uh, out somewhere, but it's it's 99% soundstage done. It's beginning to look a lot like Trekmers as we Of course, the last episode of 2011 was Rico running downstairs on his Christmas holiday to make a wonderful podcast for us called Merry Trekmas. Played a lot of uh, different Merry Trekmas music, had some fun things to talk about, and it was a, it was a great holiday special. What a year 2011 has been, huh? Man, talk about a variety of awesome subjects, and we really enjoyed Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast. Of course, now the big announcement is that Rico is now only going to do every other week. And on the other weeks, he's going to fill it in with the guest hosts, or maybe nobody at all, depending on uh, if we have any content or not. But I I think it's a well-deserved break for Rico, and I'm just glad that he's still continuing the podcast, and we're looking forward to many more in the year of 2012. Now you have 365 episodes of Treks and Sci-Fi. You could listen to one every day of the year. Go figure. I'm going to leave you, by the way, my name is Rick Moyer, and I've had the privilege of hosting this year in review of 2011 for Treks and Sci-Fi. I'm going to leave you with one of the newest parody songs uh, called Thank God I'm a Star Trek Boy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And have a great 2012. Space, the final frontier.
Well, life as a geek is kind of laid back. Ain't nothing like an OS that I can't hack. I actually know the difference between PC and Mac. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, every time it's on, I can't help myself. I set the DVR even though they're on my shelf. I've seen them all many times. They're good for my health. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, I got me a phaser, got me a triple when Kirk's on the tube. I just have to giggle. Life ain't nothing but a space opera riddle. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, the vote's still out for Picard or Kirk. They both have their strong points. It all kind of work. One likes to talk and the other's just a jerk. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, the Enterprise-D looks like a lot of fun. But classic is old, 1701. Both had torpedoes and a phaser gun. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, I got me a phaser, got me a triple, and Kirk's on the tube. I just have to giggle. Life ain't nothing but a space opera riddle. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Mr. Data, warp speed, please. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. Chocolate is a serious thing. Greed is the purest, most noble of emotions. Make it so. Well, there's TOS, TNG, DS9, and Voyager, you see. Enterprise and the cartoon series. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Too bold to go where no one's gone before. Going on adventures, strange new worlds, and more. I love every hour I'm a trekking to the core. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, I got me a phaser, got me a triple, and Kirk's on the tube. I just have to giggle. Life ain't nothing but a space opera riddle. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Beam me aboard. Energize. Energize. Yeah, the movies are good. The even one's the best. I watch them all because I like the rest. Every single one puts the crew to the test. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Now spending all my money on merchandise. I bought another collectible against my wife's advice. But seriously, to me, it's worth the price. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. I got me a phaser, got me a triple when Kirk's on the tube. I just have to giggle. Life ain't nothing but a space opera riddle. Woo! Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Interface complete. Beat me up, Scotty. I can't get no power, Captain. Ahead, Warp Factor 4. You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti and other special guests. We would love to hear from you. Write to us today at treksf at gmail.com. That's treksf at gmail.com. Space, the final frontier.
Brexit Sci-Fi is a Rico Dosky production. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. Treks in Sci-Fi. Hi there, Rick Moyer here to let you know about an exciting new project that I'm working on called Stargazer 2. You heard Stargazer 1 and enjoyed that. And now some brand new singles are out on iTunes, CD Baby, Rhapsody, Amazon, and more. Building on the relaxing type of stuff that I did in Stargazer 1, I'm using now the iPad, some different programs like GarageBand and uh, Moog, and also um, some really fun things in a program called Thumb Jam. So it's a lot of fun. I'm putting out some some really neat stuff that I think you'll really, really enjoy. And right now you can get the singles um, on iTunes called So Many Moons. That's what you're listening to now. You also can get Just Past Pluto. Sounds a little bit like this. Plus, I did a vocal project that I released on iTunes recently, just one single called Robot Gunslinger Cowboy. You probably heard it on the Trex and Sci-Fi podcast, but this is a revamped version with brand new instrumentation and some really cool vocals. And uh, here's a little sample of Robot Gunslinger Cowboy. I want to be a robot gunslinger cowboy. I want to be a robot gunslinger cowboy. I wanna be a robot, gunslinger, cowboy, like your Brenner. There you go, some brand new material out of the Moyer Multimedia LLC production studio. 99 cents a track on iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, and all the different outlets of uh, music and stuff like that. And, you know, hey, three bucks and you have some brand new Moyer music. Why not? Thanks so much for listening to my stuff. I really appreciate every single person that downloads and enjoys my music. Have a great day and God bless.